Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message. Four areas that God uses to get us to his presence. Um, They being, I think I can now, history, um, observation, uh, learning, and how we learn to yield. Those are the four areas. I just want to give you that before. It's an open book test. I just want to give you that history, observation, learning, and yielding. Um, So I, I want to talk to you about that. And when we look at this, um, we look at who we're talking about today. So musicians, y'all can go take a water break for like 15 minutes and then y'all can come back. So y'all go ahead. Because if y'all stay there, then I, I won't make it. So Exodus, the first chapter. And when we look at this, and I have to explain this because there are many of you who do not know the story. And I'm, I don't want to insult you by giving you the uh, ending when you don't know where it began. Uh, It's very important that uh, you not judge people's now when you don't know their before. Um, Sometimes we have a um, false um, sense of uh, judgment on people based on where they are now. And you don't know what it took for them to get where they are now. Um, we oftentimes judge people based on how they look, what they dress like, where they live, but you don't know how they used to share and bunk with somebody before they had their own house. And you don't know how they had to, before there was Uber, we just shared and we got in a passenger seat and we used to uh, put gas money in for somebody to pick me up because I didn't have my own car. So it's very careful that you understand someone's story uh, before you judge their glory. We don't sometimes understand where people came from and hence it's the case for Moses as we know uh, as a deliverer of over many uh, millions of people known as the Israelites Uh, but his story did not start out so glamorous Uh, When Moses got started, we find out that um, in uh, Exodus, the first chapter, we find out that Jacob, um, his children had gone over uh, to this particular land. And while they were there, it says Joseph died and all of his brothers, um, those people, Joseph had favor with Pharaoh. Joseph had favor allowing Joseph was able to go forward before his family and he was able to establish something that his family was able to benefit from. Uh, You want to make sure that whatever you have is not just for you, but for generations after you. So Joseph was able to have something and build up something that his family was able to live off of. But Joseph died and his brothers and it says, and that generation. And it says, but even in the midst of that, the people who came over were fruitful and increased And they continued to multiply and the land was filled with people who had favor. The land was filled with people who had multiplied. And then it says in verse 8 in chapter 1, it says, but then there rose a king who did not know Joseph, did not know uh, those people. And because of he did not know the story, this is why it's uh, very careful that you don't judge people because this king, this new leader rose up and he didn't know what they had overcome. 
So he sees them multiplied. He sees them increasing and he thinks they're increasing. It's just about them walking around and, and increasing and, and being favored and whatever. But he didn't know uh, that Joseph was strategically planted, that his planting caused it to bless his whole family. But so he didn't know the story. And it says when this new king rose up, he said he rose up and he said, lest there be too many of them, let us deal shrewdly with them. Shrewdly meant he caused them to be able to have to work harder than what they would normally have to work so they were basically turned into slaves and they were having to uh, have difficult work that they were not used to but it says what was interesting in verse 12 even though this new leader rose up to cause their environment to be uh, harder than they were used to the scripture says but the people even though they were oppressed they multiplied even more that even though they were going through by the government by the leadership of that time God still blessed his people I don't know what word that is for anybody in the room that no matter who gets in position God will still take care of his people no matter who gets in office no matter who gets in position no matter who signs legislation his blood is still on my life his blood still covers me and what God has designed no man can take away from me can you give God praise that nobody has power over you even Jesus said no one takes my life I lay it down willingly and when I get ready I'll pick it back up the same DNA that's in Jesus it's the same DNA in you somebody put your hands on yourself and say he's in me he's in me it doesn't matter if he swooped doesn't matter if he's gray Jesus is still on the throne and he is not impeached and he will never resign somebody give God glory for the king of kings so no matter how they were oppressed they kept growing they kept multiplying no matter how difficult it was stimulus packet or none they still got bills paid assistance or none they still got God still made a way I don't want to know just I want to I want to test the room right now who you didn't get what you wanted to get but he still made a way can we just test the room right now it didn't come the way you wanted to come you didn't even qualify for what you really needed but he still made a way he still opened doors for you he still you look back and you still got may not what you wanted but you got everything you needed so they oppress the people but they continue to be blessed. And it says that this king, this new leader rose up and he told the midwives. Midwives were the people uh, that were positioned to be able to help the women birth their children. If we were in this time, we would call them nurses. But they were midwives that would help them. They would help them with breathing and help them tell them when to push. Uh, the leader told them, he said, hey, when the, the Hebrew women, Hebrew women were the ones who were the chosen. The Hebrew women uh, were the ones that were of uh, uh, Joseph's uh, family. He says, when, when these Hebrew women, because they were Egyptians, so the Hebrews were visitors in a strange land uh, they were Hebrew people they were God's people but they were in a land that was not theirs um, reminds me of the song that said this world is not my home I'm just passing through uh, you you have to learn how to uh, wear this world lightly because I'm not staying here I come to change this world but I didn't come to stay here uh, so he they passed through the land Egypt was not theirs but the Hebrew people were there and it says that they were uh, he said when these women uh, birth a son you shall kill the sons but the daughters you shall allow to live wanted to kill the sons because the sons were carriers of a seed that could produce life. I want to talk to many of you in the room right now. You have to be careful of throwing your seed on places that cannot produce. 
Uh, so they said that they, they, if anybody that produces and able to produce life, you want to kill them. But the women, they are the ones who incubate life. And if they don't have anything to incubate, and then they won't have anything to produce. Uh, you think that God, uh, you think that the enemy is after your relationship. No, he's after your production. Doesn't want you to produce anything. Wants you to live, but not produce. Wants you to exist, but not produce. Wants you to just be nice on the ground, but hateful outside the ground. Just wants you to live, exist, and shout, and not produce. But Jesus said, I come that you might have life. And life more abundantly. I don't even want to have church that just exists. I've been to many buildings that all they do is just celebrate year after year after year. And there's nothing that's been produced in over a hundred years. But I want to make sure that even if I struggle, I want to struggle but still produce. I, I want to struggle but still have purpose. I want to not be able to pay some things but still have purpose. I, it might be hard, but I'm still producing. Is there anybody in the room who's saying that you're still producing? So he told the Hebrew women, when you see a son, kill him. Kill that child. But it says, but the midwives, they favored the Hebrew women. And it says that the women said, we will not do that. And it says that when they went there, it says that they looked and they said, why did you not kill the Hebrew children? And they said, because by the time we get to these Hebrew women, they are so lively uh, that we can't seem to destroy what's in them. Paraphrasing. We can't seem to do anything. And it says, so the Pharaoh commanded, he said, every son that is born to the Hebrews, you shall cast into the Nile. That's very important. Cast into the Nile River that they might uh, be, uh, that they might drown. Cast them into the Nile River. So now we get into chapter two and it says, now there was a man, a Levite. He married a woman and she birthed a child and she birthed this child. And when she saw this child, she saw that there was something beautiful about him and she hid him for three months uh, she said she threw she hid him because of what <laughs> she hid him because of what he looked like um, uh, I wrote a song a long time ago thank God I'm hidden and there are some of you who you need to thank God for things he hides you from <laughs> some of you want things that you're not ready for so God hides you because you're not ready for it See, you need to thank God for the times that you, you think you miss a job. You ain't missed a job. He was keeping you from it because it wasn't the check you needed. You needed to be in the right environment. So I'm, I'm trying to tell you something. All money is not good money. There's no amount of money you can pay me to stay in hell. I want to be where God wants me to be. I want to be where he would have for me to be. Can anybody just testify to say that? That what God has for you is for you. You ain't missing nothing. You want to be where God wants you to be. So she hid him because what was on him. And it says that when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket. Uh, got a basket. And, just, and I'm talking about this first point. Those of you that are missing what I'm talking about. I'm talking about his history. Uh, the, the thing that she all of a sudden she grabbed him and she put him in a, a particular a thing that that was able to hold him. She put him in uh, uh, was a, a, some type of basket and she put the child in. And what was interesting, she put him in the Nile River. Uh, Y'all miss that because I did, too. 
Y'all remember that Pharaoh said every child that is a, a every child that is born that is a son, put him in the Nile River so that he might drown. But how is it that the mother, when she burst something and found purpose on him, she put him in a basket and put him in the Nile River? Y'all still miss it. The same spot that was designed to kill one saved the other. Y'all still missed it. I want to tell you, there are some of you who need to give God praise for the same, the same spot you were in that somebody else was in, but you walked out and they didn't. There are some people who did not survive what you survived because they were not covered the way you were covered. Can you give God praise that you survived what other people did not survive? That's why you have to be careful judging people. Because you might not be able to handle what I've handled. You might not be able to go through what I've gone through. You might not survive like I survived. The reason I survived is because I had a praying mother. The reason I survived is because I had somebody who covered me before they released me. Can we give God praise for the people who covered me so that I would not drown? It's my history. Uh, uh, so she put him in the same thing that others drown in but she looked at that child and said my child's gonna make it she said the other people might not make it but my child's gonna make it because there's purpose on him there's a call on him can you just give God praise for a moment because there's a call on you it's not that you wanted the call it's not that you wanted the purpose but every time you should be dead he keeps snatching you out because of what's on you I feel the anointing in the robe it is because of the Lord's mercies that I am not consumed So, so says, Jesus. So they they walked into. She put him in what others drowned in. uh, Took him and God strategically placed uh, his sister. Strategically allowed allowed him to land in the backyard of Pharaoh's daughter. Uh, When she looked outside, she said, this is a Hebrew child. The sister was watching. You need family members who know how to cover you too. Say it again. You need family members who can pray for you too. You don't just need the church praying for you. You need your family covering you too. So the sister was watching. Wasn't in it, but she was watching and praying for him. And it says when the Egyptian woman said somebody needs to take care of this child, the sister strategically stepped out and said, hey, I think I know somebody that can birth him. I know somebody who can nurse him. The sister went back to the mother and said, I've been taken care of by prayer and intercession, watching to make sure that my my brother was okay. And he's landed in a good house. Now they want you to come and nurse him. The woman who released him also came and nursed him. I want to tell you something. Just because God might take something from you don't mean he won't give it back. Just same God. Oh, I feel Jesus. The Lord give it and the Lord take us away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So... So I'm just preaching the word. So she nursed her child. She nursed him until he got older. And it says, and when he got older, the daughter of Pharaoh gave him a name. 
and his name was Moses because she said, I drew him out of the water. Now, one thing I almost missed is, so you mean to tell me that all this time, all these things were happening to him and he had no name. A child had purpose, but no name. A child was placed inside the Nile River, but no name. A child strategically was landed in a, in a, in a purpose spot, but no name. But when the mother started to nurse him, it says, and when he got older, maybe to understand, it says that the, where he was headed named him. And said, Moses, because when I look back over your history, everything you've been drawn from keeps positioning you. <laughs> everything you keep surviving means you keep being drawn out of it. You go into it, but he pulls you out of it. You walk into it, but he pulls you out of it. Everything in your life says drawn out. So it says that he grew up and it says that later on when he grew up, he walked outside. I don't know how old he was. He walked outside and, and it says that he saw some Egyptians beating his people because he was a Hebrew raised in an Egyptian household. Um, he was not one of them, but he was raised like one of them. Sometimes you need to learn how to walk like other people and not be other people. Sometimes you need to learn how to behave like your environment, but not be your environment. Sometimes you need to learn how to talk, to pick up the phone and change your voice just to be what you need to be, but not be what they want you to be. So he was raised in a system, but he did not become the system. Raised in an environment, but he did not become the environment. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. He was raised in an environment, but he did not become the part of the environment that he was raised in. When he saw his people being punished. He said he looked to see who was going to do anything about it. And it says, and all of a sudden he took matters into his own hands. And all of a sudden he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. The next day he looked and he saw two of his people fighting against each other. He says, now we don't fight against each other. We don't shoot each other. The world is already against us. So we don't kill each other. Oh, we don't, we don't talk about each other. Oh, no. Because the world talks about us. So we, we surely don't do it to our own selves. We, we, we don't put each other down. We want what's best for each other. We, we are God's people. We, we don't tear each other down like that. At least I thought that's not what we do. We don't come to church to critique each other and to look down each other and to judge each other and to take screenshots of each other and to make each other feel bad because of what they're not. Oh, no, 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 no. We're better than that. We don't, we don't wound our own. So he, he went out, saw that they were wounding each other. He said, now Egyptians, they can do that, but we don't do it to ourselves. That's not what we do. So he did that. And all of a sudden he was getting ready. He was talking to them and they responded. And they said, oh, so you're going to kill us too? Like you did the Egyptians? And then he knew that other people knew what he had done. Because he allowed his anger to get the best of him. 
He says, and later on, he wound up having to leave and escape the place he was raised in. He had to leave it because Pharaoh found out about it and was going to kill him. So now Moses is on the run. When he gets on the run, he, this is his history. He gets on the run. He says, and all of a sudden, he gets to a place where there was a well. I was talking about a well last week. And he gets to a well, and it says that there were some daughters that came to get some water. And, and then some people, some shepherds were coming to, to fight them. And uh, Moses fought them all so that they could get what they needed. They went back to their dad, Ruel, uh, later on called Jethro. Uh, those of you who read the Bible, you know these names. And Ruel, he went back and they said, how'd you get back so fast? There was a man named Moses that was there who protected us. They said, well, why don't you invite this man Moses and bring him on to the house? Brought the man to the house and all of a sudden Jethro says, I see you, Ruel, says you're without a wife. Let me give you a wife. He gave him a wife named Zipporah. Um, I know some of y'all used to have and have not. This is called the Bible. So Zipporah. Uh, gave his wife Zipporah and all of a sudden Moses now became a shepherd he was responsible for keeping sheep he went from being in the palace uh, went from being in riches went from being into royalty and, and all these different things he had been exposed to to now he's out there with sheep and while he's out there, it says that the Lord, though, remember that the Pharaoh raised up, uh, he raised up in his voice so that they would have a hard time. The people remember Moses left that. So now it says in the ending of chapter two, it says, now God heard the cries of the people and God remembered his covenant that he made with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. God saw the people of Israel and he heard them. Can we give God a moment of opportunity of praise to say thank you for hearing me? What that means is he will only allow you to be oppressed for so long. <laughs> he will only allow you to go through for so long before he responds. So now we're in chapter three. All of that was history. History. Uh, and there are many of y'all right now who your history People don't know, they, they think they know your story, but they don't know your history. They don't know what got you to this point. Uh, they don't know how you got here. So, so they're quick to, to write you off without understanding from whence you came and what you survived and how you kept being drawn out. So here in chapter 3 in verse 1, it says, Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro. <laughs> I feel Jesus. He was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness of Horab. Scripture says that this word Horab means the west side, and a more proper, um, proper understanding of the word west side means it was the driest part. Uh, that he led them to a dry part looking for other places to eat, wanting to take care of the sheep. Uh, what was interesting is that here in this first, uh, this is it's interesting, the first few years of Moses' life, he was with Pharaoh. That was 40 years. 40 years he was with Pharaoh. Now he's with Jethro, his father, father-in-law, and he's serving. And he's been in the wilderness for 40 years. I want to talk to everybody who think it's over for you because you're old. That might not be a lot of you. I'm not talking about your age. 
I'm talking about what you think you're too late for. You think it's too late for God to speak to you. Too late for him to use you because of your record. But I want to tell you, you're qualified right where you are. 40 years he was raising the system and then 40 years he was leading and all of a sudden it says that while he was at the backside verse 2 says and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush and he looked and behold the bush was burning so God was using his history then the next thing it says he uses observation because Moses turned to look I don't want you to miss it because some of y'all keep talking about your history, but you haven't turned back to see what your history was trying to show you. Y'all don't know how difficult it's been for me. You don't know what it's like to be me. You don't understand how hard it's been for me. And you don't understand it either because you haven't even observed your own life. Why did you survive? Why have you not died yet? Have you even taken inventory to even see why he picks you to live? Have you even asked a question to observe to see why the bush is even burning in your life? So it says he was in the wilderness. He was in the wilderness, but it says in the midst of the wilderness, the Lord spoke to him. From a bush, the bush started burning and he turned to look. It was interesting because Moses was, I don't want you to miss this. Moses, I hope this is blessing somebody right now. I've got a few more minutes. It says Moses uh, was, Moses could have at some point become bitter. Because from his birth to now in the wilderness, nothing seemed to be in his favor. But what I know, I know, but what I don't want you to miss is that even in the midst of things not being his favor, Moses kept serving. While Moses was in Pharaoh's court, he was trying to help his people, even if he helped them wrong, but he tried to help. Sometimes you can do the right thing, but at the wrong time. So he was trying, God, there was a deliverer in him, but it wasn't yet because he didn't know how to get his anger together just yet. So he did something too fast before God dealt with him. So God had to take him to the wilderness to get the anger out of him. So he got to the wilderness. And he could have pouted and said, ain't nothing ever been right for me. My life has always been difficult. But we find Moses serving his father-in-law and leading sheep. Perhaps God might not be speaking to you because you're not in spot. Perhaps he doesn't talk to you because you complain too much. Perhaps you haven't dealt or found your purpose yet because everything is always happening to you. Everything is always wrong for you. Nothing ever happens good to you. And you haven't seen God in the midst of what's been happening to you. So because you can't see God, he leaves you where you are pouting. 
But Moses was serving, leading sheep in the backside of the desert, meaning he was leading and not getting any acclimates or, or not getting any, he wasn't getting any likes. No one was sharing anything because he was in the desert. Desert means nobody even knew where he was, but he was serving. I want to talk to people in the room who you feel like you're overlooked and undervalued and no one cares about you and you're serving and you're helping people and maybe you're a caregiver or maybe you're somebody who helps in the church or, or you turn on the lights or, or maybe you're like Dwayne and you clean the church when nobody else is around and you feel undervalued. I want to tell you the hidden parts are more important than the parts that you see up here on stage because if your intestines stop working, if your kidneys fail, you will understand how important it is if you have a heart attack for some reason and if you have a brain aneurysm you will understand that it's the parts that you don't see that you need to celebrate so he was in the desert but serving and God spoke to him out of his observation uh, now some, some historians say that the Israelites the bush meant that the Israelites were oppressed uh, by the Egyptians, but they were still thriving. Some say that it represented the church, uh, that even though the church is under persecution, we keep surviving. Uh, some say that it was theophany, that God was showing himself in the midst of the bush. I don't know which one it is. I just thank God sometimes that he shows up. <laughs> sometimes it don't even have to be deep. Sometimes I don't even have to understand it. I just thank God that he shows up whenever he does. Can we give God praise just showing up? I, I don't know nothing about Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Meskadish, Jehovah Shammah. What I know is you are God and I thank you for showing up. So, I'm almost through. I've got about five more minutes and I'm through. I think. So it says that he turned to observe. But then it says that the Lord start to speak to him from the bush he spoke some words so he turned to okay so he was walking he turned to observe but then all of a sudden he he started to go in which is to mean he went from observing to wanting to learn so some of you are good at talking about your history You've got to the point that you've observed some of the things you've gone through. But I'm sorry to tell you, some of you still haven't learned from it. So you keep repeating what you've observed and keep repeating your history. Because your history is trying to show you something, but you won't learn from it. So your life is a repeat of observation, history, and no learning. So you keep repeating relationships and keep repeating. You keep blaming the church and it ain't the church. It's that you've never learned. The pastor was preaching about me. No, no, no. Learn. What have you observed? Have you realized that the common denominator is always you? You've been at every single spot. You've been in every single group. And every group you get in, everybody wants to be away from you, but you keep saying it's them. But your history keeps saying that everywhere you go, it follows you. But you never step in to learn. Oh, it got quiet in the Lord's church. You observed yourself. 
you have recognized that your mama was like that. You have recognized that your daddy was like that. You have recognized that you have history, generational history of everybody being like that. You're good for observing. But have you changed it yet? You observe it, but you haven't changed it. It's like being around and saying, there's a lump in my breast. That's great. But have you signed up for anything that can help move, remove the lump? You keep saying, all these bad things keep happening to me. But have you learned anything to change it? So Moses stepped in to learn. Someone say, step in to learn. I hope this is helping you. I'm not trying to shout you. I'm trying to help you. He stepped in to learn. God called him. As, as, as other times, and what was interesting, it says that uh, historians say that God had been quiet for years. But all of a sudden, God breaks his silence. There are some of you who you hadn't got a word for years. And I know what it's like when you want everybody to prophesy over you. You don't have to tell. It's just my story. Maybe it ain't y'all's. You want somebody. Have you ever been in a service for those of you who've been in that type of services and everybody's getting laid out, everybody's getting a word, you like, tell me where I'm at, God. Tell me where I'm at, Lord. Tell me when the trouble's going to be over, Jesus. Tell me when you won't pay my bills, Jesus. And then church is over. You're like, what about me? What about my personal word? He said, you're still in the observance phase. You're not ready to learn. You want a word that's going to keep you where you are. I'm trying to give you a word that's going to draw you closer. So Moses stepped in. He was getting ready. He didn't step in. He was getting ready to step in. Getting ready to learn. He was, he was wanting to learn. But before he stepped in, God said, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm through with this. I'm almost finished. I don't know. I said 15 minutes. They went, they went to, they went to White Castle. I don't know where they went. He says, they tried to step forward. He said, before you step forward, he said, take off your shoes. Don't step to be any type of way. He said, I know you're used to just walking through. He said, but you're getting her to walk towards me. Take off your shoes. You know your history. You know observation. You starting to learn, but I need you to yield. The word yield means to surrender. You got your observation down. You've got almost learning and you got history, but you don't surrender well. Your next assignment is going to be according to your yielding. Your next breakthrough, your next moment, your next elevation is going to be according to your level of surrender. He said, take off your shoes. Now, according to Eastern culture, they were used to taking off their shoes. As we are in Western culture, taking off our hat. But it wasn't the same. We used to take off our hat. Y'all don't do it anymore. But we used to in the church. We used to take off our hat. At least men did uh, when it came to respect. But we don't do it no more. But we used to take off our hat in a term of reverence. 
Have you ever seen somebody getting ready to pray and all of a sudden the men will take off their hat? Um, I know some of y'all don't do that and y'all think it's archaic, but some things don't change reverence. So they took it off to reverence and to respect. Uh, but in the Eastern culture, it wasn't to turn off to respect. It was to take off your shoes because of your defilement. Take off your shoes meant there's too much of you. If you're going to come to me, you're going to have to take off some of your personality. If you're going to experience me for real, you're going to have to take off some of your history. I know it's hurtful and I know it's real to you, but in order for you to step to me, you're going to have to take off where you were. Because the place you stand is holy. Oh, oh, history, observation, learning, yielding. So you mean all these years you've been using holy things to get me to your presence? So what I've been complaining about was holy the whole time? The family I say I don't like was holy the whole time. The church I say I'm tired of was holy the whole time. The job I'm trying to escape was holy the whole time. It was history. It was observation. I was learning something and you wanted me to yield. It was holy the whole time. Could it be that what you're complaining about God's trying to use? Could it be what you're trying to escape? God's trying to use. I knew y'all would get right there. That's why I'm through. The ground wasn't holy because of location. The ground was holy because God was there. It doesn't matter if you're in a church, you're in a car, or you're in an apartment, or you're live streaming. Wherever God is, take off your shoes because he wants to do something on the ground you're at. Can I ask a question? How many of you that God not come to you in a church, but he came to you at the club? God did not come to you at a church, but he came to you in your dorm room. God did not come to you in a church, but he came to you in your car. God did not come to you in a church, but he came to you through a form of divorce. God did not come to you in a church, but he came to you in the form of unemployment. Has God ever met you on that ground? Come on, musicians, I've been there 15 minutes. Has anybody in the room, thank God for speaking to you right where you are. The ground was holy, not because of a steeple. The ground was holy, not because of ecclesiastical attire. The ground was holy because God was there. And I want everybody in the room right now, everybody who's live streaming right now, who you think God, God has forgotten about you. Oh no. He's been using things, your history. He's been using what you've been observing. He's been using what you've been learning. 
He's trying to get you to yield so that he can shift you to your next moment. Moses was 80 years old. How long will it take you to yield? Before Moses became a deliverer to the people, God had to get stuff out of him. It's not that you're not wonderful. It's not that your gifts are not great. It's not that you're not anointed. It's not that you don't have dreams and visions. You just won't take off your shoes. Come on, come on, come on. It's, it's not that it's not that you don't, don't, don't preach well. It's not that you, you don't dress well. It's not, it's not that you don't have great skills and talents. It's not that. You just won't take off your shoes. Why are your shoes that important? Why is where you've been holding you from where he wants to take you? I know your history might have hurt you. But he only allowed it to heal you. But if you won't take off what your mama did, your daddy did, who did it and why they did it. If you won't, if you won't let go of it, he can't give you his glory. I know y'all sitting here talking about, I thought this was a series about worship. It is. Dr. Manuel, I, I might be wrong. But I believe the highest praise is not hallelujah. The highest form of praise you could ever give is to take off your shoes. It's not to, you can buck and never take off your shoes. You can lay hands on people and not be helping them. You're transferring demons and transferring issues and transferring things that you don't need to touch people with until you take off your shoes. I got one point and I'm going to end here. He will use anything to deliver you from something to someone himself. He'll use anything. Whatever he's got to use, he'll use it to get you from where you were. So I, I'm, I, I feel compelled that the Lord... I hope this message has blessed you. I do. It's my prayer. I want to talk to everybody right now who's under 40. Everybody who you're so great, but you haven't got to your wilderness yet. Right now, everybody loves you and you're so wonderful. But there's a wilderness coming if you don't allow him to change you in the first set of your life. If you don't let them change you right now, you're going to have a long journey. And you're going to keep circling stuff. You know, I think about it. Uh, I think about it when we find out that the people circled. I, I might be wrong, historians, but I believe that the Israelites circled and stayed in the wilderness for 40 years. Could it be that they circled it because to remind Moses of how long it took him to come out? Could 
it be your children are dealing with the same thing you dealt with but you won't have the courage enough to tell them that it ain't you it was me the reason you had a child at 13 is because I didn't tell you that I was one too and I was loose too and now I'm sitting here up in church acting like I've always been speaking in tongues but I wasn't always like this could it be you're another version of me because of what I didn't take off my shoes from I passed it down to you so now you're just as arrogant as I am now you're just as spiteful as I am the only reason you molest people is because I was molested and I never told you so now you're passing down because I wouldn't take off my shoes and tell you the truth because I was more interested in church than the ground but this altar call I want to do an altar call for everybody who's ready to take off your shoes whatever that means to you I'm tired of trying to step in what's holy with all my mess I'm saying Lord I'm coming to you but I'm coming to you yielded I'm saying Lord I don't want to stay like this I'm ready to change so if there's anybody in the room right now who is ready to take off your shoes you can stand you can come to the altar whatever you want to do for the next few moments I'm creating an atmosphere for you to step into his presence now I want to give you a caution when you take off your shoes when you step in his presence you will never be the same after Moses took off his shoes God then unveiled his plan and told him now that you've taken off yourself I'm sending you back to the same place you ran from Moses said I can't go back he said the person who was after you has died he said but I'm afraid I haven't he said the fact that you took off your shoes tells me that you let go of that Moses said when I go back who do I say sent me he said I am he said what do I say your last name is that I am whenever you doubt yourself again I'm gonna be there when you run back into your past I'm gonna be there when you run back into people who knew you for who you were I'm gonna be there don't worry about what you need to say just remember this moment that you took your shoes off this spot is holy I'm going to ask one more time if there's anybody in the room are you ready to take off your shoes I'm not talking about your Jordans I'm talking about whatever shoes you, I'm talking about I'm ready to let it go will you stand, will you come forward whatever you want to do I want to pray for everybody who's ready to take off your shoes and just like Moses did this is what I want us to do right now this is what Moses did when God called him he said here I am all I want you to do for the next few moments we're going to sing we'll create a worship but all I want you to do for a few moments 
and say, Lord, here I am. Here's my past. Here's my history. Here's what I think I learned from it. Here's what I've observed. But Lord, right now, I'm ready to yield. I'm ready to let it go. I can remember the day it hurt. But I'm saying, Lord, if you want to heal it, heal it. If you want to take it, here it is. I'm tired of holding on to it. If you want to use anything, Lord, you can use me. Here I am. Come on, everybody, lift your hands and have your own moment. I, I'm saying my words, but whatever words you got for them, say it's, it's been broken, but heal it. I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers, support, and generous giving that make this ministry possible. For more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at My Growth Point. Until next time, keep growing.